The, the Courier Mail's number one man who's on the line. Robert Crash Craddock joining us for the first time this year. Crash, you can decide this. Is heels right? Is it crown bowls or is it lawn bowls that Sir Francis Drake no, was it's, playing? It's lawn bowls because I remember I just started the Courier Mail at the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I just remember the news coming through. You know, one of our reporters said, yeah. Yeah, it was Bernie Pramberg. <laughs> 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 Now, Barry Kavanagh, even before him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very All right, well, we're going to take your word well, for it. Okay, well, we have to look at it. Oh, 2 1, I lead for the week. No, you don't. <laughs> no way, Mrs. Marsh has already been out. <laughs> Crash, a very good morning to you, mate. Yeah, so it's a good morning to you, too, lads. What a, what a week it's been. Uh, I. A part of this, I do believe, is probably still uh, mulling over what we've seen at the Gabba with that extraordinary victory by the West Indies. Honestly, Hills, you've seen it all in cricket. Just one in a thousand, wasn't it? Like, yeah. uh, was it was it the greatest upset in Test history? I, I can't find anything to beat it. You know, I saw Sri Lanka. Remember when they beat South Africa four years ago? That was big, but I. I just think all things considered, I can't find one to beat it. No, it's a good call. Um, I think the Indian one, uh, what was that, three or four years ago, in, at the Gabba as well, was very, very close to it. But it still had some uh, more experienced players than, than the West Indies did that beat Australia. Well, see, um, that's, the, that's the thing. And, and, and we were saying that in, yeah, sure, when India beat Australia at the Gabba, it was an upset. But you're talking about guys like Rishabh Pant, Starring who who was a seasoned test player like Rohit Sharma and yes, all these those, guys like, but their bowling attack was horrible, wasn't it? Like horribly inexperienced. The West Indies batting oh, yeah. was the same. Absolutely, and so never has a group of rookies achieved so much on foreign soil. I mean, you think of it, <laughs> Shamar Joseph had never seen a pink ball until a week before the test. Never mind bowl with one. Yeah. He'd never seen a hard cricket ball until two years before. So, And yet he out-bowled and out-thought the Australians. That's what got me. A guy who said, okay, this pink ball's going soft. I'll aim straight at the stumps at 149 kilometres an hour and see if I can bowl them out. And guess what? Bit of news for you. He did. Mm. Yeah. It was fantastic. I've got to say that I was at that function on um, Sunday night, uh, lined up to get the photo taken with Tom Brady, and I reckon everyone in the room, and it was, you know, 1,500-plus, had their phones on watching the last few balls being delivered, and there was this big roar when uh, the West Indies won it. Uh, and I know, sitting with me, uh, Ian Healy couldn't give a, a toss about <laughs> romanticism, and uh, either could... Uh, Either could Tim Payne, who was on SEN the other day. But for all us other observers, Crash, I was quite pleased with the result, to tell you the truth. Oh, absolutely, Paddy, because – and you know what? There was also a feeling for me that justice was done. I mean, when um, uh, Alex Carey was bowled by a ball that hit a bale and the bale didn't fall earlier in the game, and probably West Indies would have been looking at a lead of probably 150, 160 in the first innings – they didn't get it. We thought, oh, we know the narrative here. Australia squeaks home by two wickets. But they just outplayed Australia. They outfought Australia. They outthought Australia and outbowled Australia. So what, what I love about it is this, this win will not – we haven't played – we haven't had a West Indies tour for nine years. Australia has secretly turned its back on the West Indies. In the 1980s, it was the opposite, Hills, just before you started, wasn't it? Yep. Kerry Packer said, we want them here every year. 
since they've fallen off the perch, we basically barely play them. And, yeah. and, and as Australia has a poor record of, of playing battling nations. So this will secure what they've got. At least it'll keep Test Creek alive. And they've got a poster boy in Shamar Joseph, which every every nation needs that guy who you want on the wall, that poster on the wall. Yeah, no, he's, exactly. he's going to be a beauty. Um, that. The expected dominance of Australia this whole summer just didn't emerge. Do, do you think they can be freshened up in time for New Zealand? Yeah, it, gee, that's a good question, Hills, because I couldn't quite get to the bottom of why Australia were... Um, they, they won for a five. They were threatened in every test. Yes. Yeah. I think they are a bit tired. They're an old team. They've got one player under 30, Cameron Green, who's 24. They played a lot this year. But there is one other thing about them here to see what you thought about this. This team is very good, but there's one thing it doesn't have, and that's an aura, an aura of intimidation. They're a very friendly team. I, I noticed Pakistan and the West Indies they had no, they were at no stage trembling in their boots against this Australian team. Now, I think when you were going around with McGrath and Warren and, and, and blokes like that, there was a real fear factor. We saw so many English teams come to Australia and they were beaten before they started. These two teams weren't. Pakistan got beaten, but they did not fear Australia in that sort of knee trembling sort of way. And, and yeah, it's, it's, they're an interesting case study because they're a good team. They've won a lot of silverware and retained a lot of silverware, but they've also lost eight of their last 16 tests. You think of that. That's Remember okay. when at the turn of the century, we, we won 16 tests in a row. This team has won eight of its last 16. So yeah. that's, that's okay. Nothing special. No, no, that, that's, no a- that, that's right. And uh, whether that... Can be uh, a boot camp or something. That the first test in New Zealand is the 29th of February in Wellington, and then Christchurch the 8th of March. So you know a few a bit to do there. And just before that, they've got uh, three T20s. So yeah, I wonder if the teams will change or they'll just uh, get them training harder again. Well, he said he's not going to tinker with the test batting line. But hey, look tonight. I, I did want to ask you about tonight and. AB's going down for Belinda Clark medal presented as well. Um, who, in your mind, are, are the faves to uh, to take the silverware this evening? Yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, ben Horn uh, did our uh, three to one of our voting, went through every game yesterday, and he said, "Mate, I've got Mitchell Marsh winning it easily yeah, okay. across the formats." And, and it just sort of it sort of struck me because uh, I didn't realise how well Marsh had polled across the formats. You know, there's guys like Pat Cummins who had his moments and Travis Head will burst through and get a couple of three votes here and there. Usman Khawaj will probably go close to test cricketer of the year, and so he should be. Um, but um, Marsh is, in our books, the favourite. Uh, they can surprise you, the border medal, but uh, he will be the big improver on the contract list when they name that in April. He'll get a substantial pay rise. But I say that, but I also say this, Hills, I wonder where he is in his game. You know that that Australia's middle order, Labuschagne and and, and Marsh. You know, like Marnus Labuschagne's been an interesting study, hasn't he? Because two years ago we were writing stories, he was the luckiest cricketer in the world. Yes, <laughs> all these catches dropped off their bowling, but guess what? Now they're being taken, aren't they? Yeah, they're being taken, and he's nicking balls that he he used to play and miss at. 
Um, there was a story going around that, you know, he hadn't nicked off, he hadn't been caught behind the wicket for, you know, very much at all, and now that's all he's getting out to. Yeah, he, he's got to get going, that's for sure. I, I think Mitch Marsh's career has just come off a touch, probably through tiredness, um, and it's been a, it's been a long long twelve months. So, and and you're right, and Ben Horn was right to go go and have a look at three, two, one. Every match, it's a, it's different to say, power Pat Cummins. He he had a great summer. He was he's averaged twenty and he's got thirty wickets. Um, he'll win it. But you have to go and look at whether anyone got a double hundred in one of the matches where he got five, four wickets and they stole the three points. And because it goes on three two one from everyone in your team plus plus media representatives yeah. uh, every game. So yeah. it's an interesting one. It is. I'm not quite sure where our top order is at the moment because if I was India next season, and I know they're, they're getting old too as a team, but particularly England the season after, I just think it will be such ferocious conduct, uh, combat that some players will just grow old overnight. We've held it together beautifully, this Australian team. As I said, one player under 30. But you would be... Tr- the, the, the battle against India next season, that's the one we're all waiting for. It, it, to me, it's a battle of who can resist Father Time the longest. Will Rohit Sharma get tapped on the shoulder? Will Usman play one season too long? And, and he could surprise us all by being one of the good ones at 38. And yet you might have a 33-year-old Mitchell Marsh suddenly finding that he's playing too long. So, do you know, that, that subtle... It, it, it's These next two season seals are going to be just fabulous. Like, just really interesting stuff. And I know George Bailey has had a very calm, considered, player-friendly hand towards selecting players, but he might th- that'll be the testing of him when players are very close to retirement. Yeah, yep, I agree. Hey, uh, and Belinda Clark, uh, Beth Mooney's always right in the conversation. Yeah, she is. Uh, I don't mind Elise Pe- oh, maybe Elise Perry and Ash Gardner. Ash Gardner's just always in there doing something with bat and ball, so... That that'll be an interesting one too, but uh, it, it's it's going to be a really good night. And and uh, the Allen Board has had a bit of resurgence over the last few years, which you know it was tested through COVID, but it's back again now. And and I think there's such affection for Alan Border, who spoke so openly and so yeah, honestly to Mark Howard about his Parkinson's disease heals, and um, he's just. You know, I, I when we did that documentary with Alan at the start of last season, it struck me how loved he is. You know, most cricketers polarise in some respects, but my lord, every time you put a story in Alan Border up on the internet, you, you just get all these quote uh, reader responses. I oh, love Day B, love Day B. You know, and and everyone from the boys that created Bluey, the the cartoon to you know, actors, uh, Bernard Fanning, you know, yeah. everyone loves him. Oh, the football players, you know, Alfie, Kevy, they're, they're all over him. And he just sits down and he sits, he thinks he's sitting down and there'll be five cricketers around him within within a minute. Yeah. All just talking like like looking for little morsels of food there. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he's yeah. extremely popular. Oh, I think um, yeah. Beth Mooney, uh, Gardner, Ash Gardner's got 56 wickets, they're saying. Through the year, but mm. some days did she get two wickets, yeah. and Mooney made a hundred and stole all the votes. It's a, it's a, 
It's all about how many votes they steal off each other. And they've had multi-series and T20s and one-dayers and ashes. So very, very difficult to sort of just really understand who's leading that women's race. Hey, Crash, we've got to go. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We appreciate your Thanks, time. Hey, just very quickly before we go, uh, Dimmy, one of our great listeners, the Sir Francis Drake Lawn Bowls story was in the movie Crackerjack where Mick Malloy bowled the flipper to win the Bowls Championship. So he's using <laughs> Lawn Bowls. Yeah. Crash reckons he was he well, saw a story from Laurie Kavner about it. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going with the Lawn Bowls. I'm claiming a 2-1 well, lead. is Lawn. It's just not flat. Yeah, okay. We've got to get to a like the world. Way. So Francis found out the world was not flat. <laughs> Crash, as usual, brilliant to chat. Mate. See you, Crash. Thanks, guys. See you soon. <laughs>